Welcome back to Witch Church. It's your host, Mal. I'm a professional astrologer, tarot reader and teacher, and intuitive healer. And you're about to listen to the recording of Witch Church Live, a sermon that I give to my Instagram community every week. Feel free to catch the live show every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central on IG Live or listen to the recording right here on the podcast. This is a non-denominational weekly service for witches, astrology nerds, and anyone else who feels like they are being called to walk the spiritual path. At Witch Church Live, we talk all about the weekly astrological and tarot forecast and really anything else that is channeled through me about the week ahead. Oh, and you'll probably hear about my random life updates and some rambly life stories mixed in as well. I hope that's okay. If this podcast brings some kind of value or joy to your life, be sure to leave me a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to send this podcast to a friend if you feel like they could benefit from listening. If you feel called, you can also support the production of this podcast and my other creations on Patreon for as little as $5 a month and get access to my secret YouTube channel with a bunch of extra astrology and tarot content. And if you would like me to hold space for you on your spiritual path, you can book an astrology session, tarot reading, or distance Reiki healing on my site, malloryhasty.com. I would be honored to be your guide in some way. All of the links to my site and my social media are in the show notes. Have a magical week, my friends, and thank you so much for listening. Time, uh, it sounds cliche, but like, it just feels like time does not exist. And I heard um, someone say like, oh, it's almost Groundhog's Day. And it almost is Groundhog's Day, right? It's like, isn't Groundhog's Day like February 2nd or February 3rd? Do they have? Yeah, February 2nd is Groundhog's Day. And I heard someone say like, oh, it's, it's almost Groundhog's Day. And I'm like, I heard it, although they meant it literally, like, February 2nd is just around the corner. Um, I, like, heard it in, like, a figurative way. <laughs> I heard it in more of, like, a metaphorical way. Like, that's how my brain interpreted it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Groundhog's Day. Like, just waking up to the same story, like, over and over again. Like, does anybody else feel that way? I don't know. Um, it just feels like time really does not exist at the moment. The fact that we're about to go into the second month of 2022, I just don't, I don't know how it's possible. Like, I'm struggling a bit, and that's why today I named, um, I named our sermon, um, Present Moment, Who Is She?, because I think it's, it's, has anybody else been feeling this this week? I've just been having a little bit of trouble, um, you know, 
kind of balancing the past moments and the future moments, you know? I've been having a lot of anxiety over both the past and the and the future, and it's felt like really uh, like discombobulating and pulling me out of my present moment, which is really the only thing we have, right? Um, and uh, Alex, you said such an impactful film gave us language for that feeling. Yeah, you know what? I've never watched the film. Would I like it, Alex? Because as a highly sensitive person, if things are too, if films are too emotionally, like, impactful, I know it sounds weird, but, like, I can't handle it. Like, so let me know. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how, how emotional am I going to get if I watch this movie? And, um... Eli, you said, haha, I feel like the year is just beginning. And Katie, you said, completely feeling this too. Um, and yeah, we definitely are in the same time warp. And um, Small Flower, you said, it's the Saturn influence. Can't wait for Pisces season for things to feel a tad lighter. Oh, thanks for reminding me of that. Because Pisces season this year is going to be conjunct Jupiter in Pisces. So Pisces season should be extra special this year, and that's something to look forward to. Um, and um, hey, Allison, and Sav, you said my present moment does not exist right now. It's a real struggle. Agreed. Like, I am really, like, are you guys, I recently got on TikTok, and I see those, like, um, <laughs> I've thought about making one, but I've seen those, like, um, videos of, like, I'm about to take, like, my stupid little walk for my stupid mental health. <laughs> and it's, like, people, like, stomping, like, through their, like, walk or whatever. That's what I've been doing in the forest lately. Like, just, like, go into my forest and, you know, usually, it, and it still is a place of peace and, um, comfort for me and like I go to the forest and I like thank all of the trees and the plants and I say you know thank you so much for keeping me alive in the past three years <laughs> um, but at the same time it does kind of feel like oh like this is the place I come to be in the present and still like the past the anxiety of the past and the anxiety of the future is kind of following you know um, and Ellie, you said being in the present has been strange. Lots of processing the past and being hopeful for the future. Big feelings. Um, and Alex, you said I've n I've never feel like it's Groundhog Day, especially at that moment. Loads of change, especially since the end of twenty twenty one. Well, I am glad that you're feeling a lot of change, Alex. And um, Sav, you said, I think I sent you the exact TikTok last week, probably along with half of us. <laughs> yes, those those stupid little walks for my stupid mental health are like for sure on my algorithm and TikTok. Um, and I was thinking like, if I were to pick out, if I were to use the tarot to kind of describe what I'm feeling like present moment, who is she? Like kind of just feeling trapped between like, the disappointments of the past and like the anxiety of the future. I did bring um, the five of cups and the moon. For some, 
both both crying both <laughs> crying imagery okay um <laughs> and i do love this deck i'll shout out this deck if you don't know it Ooh. um it is the sasurobito tarot by stasia burrington it looks like this you can get it on etsy it's kind of like anime ish the artwork and i'm not you i'm not a big i mean it's not that i don't like anime it's just i'm not typically interested in that but it, it kind of looks very anime but I do really like it um it's been like a tried and true deck for me for like a pretty long time now and uh, I just love the way she depicts both of these feelings because the five of cups as we can see like we have this girl and you know she's facing also I'm <laughs> can you see my hand shaking because like i am caffeined up um <laughs> should probably stop drinking coffee um so we see this girl and i kind of feel like her her nudity is like this like extreme vulnerability right and we see her kind of looking at um these three cups that are spilled and she obviously is really disappointed in it right and there's a sense of despair that i think this card carries and then we have like the rainbow in the back which is like what she's not looking at right and that's the magic of the five of cups that's the story that the five of cups shows us um you know sometimes we do have to grieve the past and sometimes we do have to move through tougher emotions in order to like find ourselves to the present moment um but you know i've been having trouble doing that lately to be honest like i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna lie to you my friends <laughs> like the past has especially felt kind of like it's been like following me around a little bit um and even to the point where i've stopped and i've kind of considered like am I reading the present moment through the lens of the past, which some would call a trigger? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that really is what a trigger is, right? Like you're programmed to read the moment in a certain way based off of past events. But, you know, currently you're in a different situation. But your brain is still, like, programmed to, like, read certain things as in certain ways, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I've been kind of struggling with, like, this feeling of being in the past. And, um, you know, on the flip side, too, like, when it comes to when I flip-flop, I don't know if anybody's been feeling this, like, little dis little sprinkle of despair over the past, a little anxiety, <laughs> about the future this like cocktail <laughs> of um you, you know and the moon for me is the card that represents our anxiety about the future because the moon is the card in the tarot that talks about the unknown and for me too the moon is about the power of the imagination but not necessarily in a beneficial way uh, the moon is like the shadow side of imagination um, because, you know, I know all 20 of us who are here are 
you know, such creative souls. And a lot of us are highly sensitive beings. And a lot of us, um, you know, just have that creative mind that is able to have this like immense gift for imagination. And we all know when that feels like it's going wrong, because when you can imagine these beautiful pieces of art or writing, or you're imagining a, a different way of living your life that goes against like what you've been taught, you can also imagine like the worst possibilities that could be waiting for you. And I think people with great imaginations and great creative potential um, also often create the most distorted story of what the future could hold, right? Um, so, you know, there's just kind of this push and pull in between these things right now. And I was just kind of asking these cards, like, this morning, um, you know, what kind of medicine or, like, where's the perspective shift when it comes to the sort of in the past kind of muckiness and in the future kind of stickiness like what's the what's the medicine here um and um ellie you said this is literally what i'm working through right now releasing that programming in my new relationship Yes. Are you a Cancer rising? <laughs> I relate. Um, and you said it requires work and courage to reprogram. And Katie, you said, yes, the nudity and exposure as possibly shame is striking me hard in the Five of Cups. Yeah, totally. And for any of the podcast listeners who are listening to this, later um the recording we're looking at a, a five of cups where like the main character is nude and we're talking about how um you know it kind of presents yeah like this vulnerability but also the shame of vulnerability right um and this, you said this is when the story becomes delusional thinking totally and sav you said my creative and active imagination is not always steering towards the optimistic true um now i was kind of thinking though like out of all the things that from the past that you know still kind of replay in my head um you know like the stuff that kind of bugs you <laughs> Ooh, okay sorry i keep kicking my uh my tripod over um you know the stuff that kind of uh yeah just kind of bugs you haunts you keeps you up at night <laughs> wakes you up at 3 a.m um you know i've been thinking i'm like how do i get a new perspective on that because there's certain things that really my mind has been replaying over and over again for like a decade and i tend to have a little bit of like um, I definitely have, like, I'm on the mild OCD spectrum. I definitely have, like, obsessive thought loop tendencies. So in some way, I can kind of just attribute it to that. But I'm also thinking, like, you know, when those thought loops of things that happened in the past keep replaying and replaying and replaying, um, when it really comes down to it, like, would I, this is so weird, but like, would I choose to like, if there was like a magic 
forgetting pill where I could take this pill and like erase this memory and not have to think about it anymore or like not have to be triggered by it anymore like would I choose to take it and at the same time I, I almost feel like the answer is no because as painful as some pieces of the past can be as they replay in our minds um I'm not sure if I would like I, I I'm not sure if I would rewrite the past and you know in that kind of realization I almost feel like there's some peace there right like when it really comes down to it my friends like would you rewrite your first heartbreak you know as much as it sucked like would you rewrite that so it never happened you know because if it never happened then you wouldn't have you wouldn't be the person that you are today as cheesy as it sounds like you wouldn't be as wise as you are today or you wouldn't have learned as much as you did from that situation maybe you would have never learned what you actually value in a relationship without that first heartbreak right um, same thing with like, I don't know, like people who go to college and spend all this money and then like start in the career path that they always thought they wanted and then, you know, realize like this isn't what they wanted at all. Um, still like, would you, would you go back and like redo everything? Right. Or did that experience, um, give you something or did that experience teach you? how to connect with yourself on a stronger level okay so i don't know if that makes any sense but i'm feeling like the five of cups when it comes to any difficult feelings about the past that could be coming up right now with mercury retrograde right um maybe it's maybe it's a helpful reframe and that won't be you know, true for every single thing that's ever bad thing that's ever happened to us in the past, right? But for a lot of things, the things that might, you know, like I said, the things that might replay in our minds over and over again, like if we really thought about it, again, like, would we, would we give that moment away? Like, would we choose not to have it? Probably not. Because our wiser selves in this present moment are saying like, hey, like, no, actually, that was part of your lesson or that was part of your soul growth or whatever. Hey, and maybe that's one way we can kind of get back to the present moment from the five of cups. We almost assess the situation from the past um, in this perspective, right? Um, so Alex, you said I had a ridiculous situation at work this week and exposed myself as the most dramatic person ever to my new team. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, that kind of feels like a five of cups moment, right? <laughs> and again, I think the five of cups in a weird way, it's like, it kind of asks us to turn things into a learning experience, you know, um, yeah, Alex, one time I sent like a really nasty email on accident because I thought this scammer had added me to their newsletter. 
And I was like particularly triggered in that moment because like someone also had just like stole my Instagram account and was being an imposter. This was like a year ago. And then I was like, God, these scammers keep hunting me down. And I sent this nasty, please unsubscribe me email. And it ended up being like some like astro like professional astrologer who's like my colleague. And I like sent them this nasty email. Like, you know, like shit like that happens. And I was like, oh God, like I wanted to die <laughs> after I did that. But now I look back at that and I'm like, I will never send um a spur of the moment email like that again unless i'm absolutely positive <laughs> who it's going to right um like even even our embarrassing moments like teach us something right um and you know the moon Ooh, it's interesting because now as i'm kind of getting into this i'm seeing how these cards are relating in some way because like, if we continue to, like, have this, like, almost, uh, I don't know. If we always look at our hard moments or our sad moments or our difficult moments with, like, absolute despair and we say, like, oh, that was, like, such a waste. I wish that didn't happen. Like, I can't forgive myself for this. Or, um, I wish I could rewrite my own history, you know? I think that perspective actually leads to more anxiety in the future, right? In, in a weird way. Because when we put so much pressure on the past being what defines us, we're also going to have more anxiety over the future, because then we don't allow ourselves to like make mistakes or we don't allow ourselves to be curious about new possibilities. It's almost like we just walk forward in the safest, most robotic way possible, right? Because we're so afraid that the past is going to repeat itself, right? And then we're so afraid we're going to fuck up again and be hurt again or whatever. And like, and then the the we start to curate our future um in in a safe way in a way that's like avoiding pain right and avoiding suffering and oh, i see myself doing this so much right now um like my ego trying to curate my future in a way of like i i can feel my ego being like what's the way to move forward where I don't have to suffer? <laughs> like, what's the way to move forward where there's no suffering, there's no sadness, there's no grief, there's no mental health struggles? Like, how do I move forward on that route? And like, it, part of me is now looking at these cards, I'm like, that route doesn't fucking exist, you know? Like, it just doesn't. Even, even the best, most aligned choice for yourself right now it's probably going to surmount to some kind of suffering because that's what human life is, you know? And um, that's our souls come here to learn lessons. Um, no soul comes here to, to earth, you know? No soul chooses the earth experience for, like, this blissful experience with no obstacles 
you know, like, in fact, we choose the Earth experience because there's challenges, right? And this is a very Pisces thing to say. I've said it before. But I think there's different experiences our souls could have chosen in this universe, right? I think there's, like, other planets and other existences where um, things aren't the same as on Earth, right? And maybe things have sort of less suffering. And I think there's certain existences in different places, uh, different galaxies, different universes where we kind of exist more like, um, kind of like plants in a way. Like we exist on like a, a little bit more of like a, a more neutral, like karmically neutral kind of existence. Yet on the, in those places, we don't learn or grow as much. And I think sometimes the souls from those places want to come to earth, right? Because they're like, I'm bored of this. Like, you know, like, uh, I, I'm like, uh, I can't completely ever feel satisfied in this existence, right? Um, and um, small flower, you said all of the Venus retrograde has been about me forgiving myself for my past relationship mistakes. Yeah. Me too, in a lot of ways. I was just watching a video this morning about um, nonviolent communication. And um, nonviolent communication is such a great thing to read into because it teaches us, like, that every single thing we do, every single thing someone else does, is an attempt to get a need met. And I think that's a really beautiful perspective on the past that we can give ourselves. You know, if we feel like we fucked up or we, um, you know, didn't do the right thing in a relationship or whatever, um, we can pretty much look at our past selves and say, wow, like, what need was I trying to get met there, right? You know, like, it, it becomes very simple. And, um, Al, you said, totally, I've been avoiding posting on social media because what if I'm wrong or change my mind? Yeah, yeah. That could be a very Mercury retrograde thing, too. Like, um, do I do this? Do I not do this? All of that kind of stuff. Um, and Katie, you said, I've been trying to extricate myself from a hall of mirrors, curating my way out of curating expecta expectation, but it's all a defense crouch. I am not ready, lol. <laughs> and um, Ellie, you said, I've been so focused on aligned action and there has to be a balance of accepting what comes to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I think this week, as we kind of get moving a little bit again with Venus stationing direct, granted, Venus is going to be at her stationary degree, 11 degrees Capricorn, for about another week. Mercury is going to station direct this week on the 3rd. Um, but still, like, these planets that's just stationed direct, or going to station direct, 
they're still catching up. They're still gaining momentum, right? And I think in this time, it, it is a good time to um, almost just bring some awareness to where is my mind fluctuating between the disappointments of the past and the fear of the future? And how are these two things related, right? And luckily, I will say that um, we do have a pagan holiday coming up on Groundhog's Day, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, the 2nd, February 2nd. Um, we have a new moon tomorrow, so we've got the new moon in Aquarius on Monday the 31st. <sighs> That's gonna square Uranus and Saturn, so that's interesting. Maybe actually a lot of what we're talking about right now, like Saturn, the past, Uranus, the future, and the the, the sort of tension between those two things. Um, yeah, so we've got that new moon energy Monday, Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, uh, we celebrate the pagan holiday in bulk or candle mass, right? So I actually think maybe the meaning of Imbolc could help us with this sort of, I'm stuck in the past, I'm stuck in the fear of the future, how do I get out, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so right here I have uh, Pagan Astrology by Raven Caldera. One of the only witchcraft books I actually own, um, so I, I do really like this one. Okay, I want to read you what Raven says about uh, Imbolc. So they say, the next holiday on the wheel of the year is called Imbolc by the Celtics and Candlemas by the Catholic Church. It was also known as St. Bridget's Day after a saint who was the barely concealed cantonized version of the popular Celtic goddess Bridget. Um, the modern holiday of Imbolc is a fire festival, a light festival, a time of hundreds of candles. This has much to do with its development in the northern parts of Europe, where winters were harsh and early February was a time of uh, asking the gods of fire and light to ensure survival. Um, while this may not seem very Aquarian, uh, there are still hints of that sign behind the trappings. Okay. And, um, so this is interesting. What, one more paragraph here. Uh, first, the defining factor of Imbolc in Northern Europe is the weather, particularly erratic, unpredictable, harsh weather. Storms that could sweep through and bury the roads, deep freezes that could kill, sudden thaws that could cause snowmelt and flooding. We tend to forget in our modern celebratory times about elemental symbolism, that air is the most unpredictable element of all, and that Aquarius, ruled by the lightning strike Uranus, has a strong affinity for storms and generally um, incites weather. 
On the other hand, one of the traditional symbols of Aquarius is the light of knowledge and the thousand candles of this holiday remind us of that point. Okay. Um, and, oh, Alex, it's a pagan astrology raven caldera. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of raven caldera. Uh, so... I do, I, I like this because, you know, Raven, they, they kind of come up with this interesting vision of where Imbolc was uh, originally celebrated, Northern Europe, in February. Okay, so what happens in Northern Europe <laughs> in February? Like, the weather is erratic. We don't know what to expect. There's storms, snowstorms. Uh, freezing temperatures, and also sometimes flooding, right? So I'm thinking too, like, that's kind of like metaphorically sometimes what's going on with our emotions <laughs> in this weird time of February. We've got the flooding of our emotions over the past, which is the Five of Cups. And then we have like the air element, I think, in a way of like... um the air element being our thoughts and how our thoughts can spiral over the fear or the anxieties of the future, right? So it's almost like we're kind of like in this element, like even go outside if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, um, you know, if you live in the Midwest or somewhere where you get snow, like you can actually see the element of water and the element of air meeting, you know, in the form of snow, in the form of ice. And, you know, it's cold, like literally and metaphorically, like there's this frozen kind of slowness to the air. And the fact that in bulk on February 2nd is candle mass is the time of like the thousand lights. In a way, we're inviting back fire into our lives. And what does fire represent? Um, not only action, but I think fire can represent like warmth and, um, you know, warmth in a metaphorical way. Fire can represent hope. Fire can represent passion. Uh, fire can represent aligned action, right? And something I'm thinking about too is that in the frozen months, we can literally feel stagnated because in a way, according to the pagan wheel of the year, like uh, it, we're not really meant to do anything in the winter. Like winter's supposed to be an internal time of like purging, right? <laughs> and in bulk is the first kind of holiday of the pagan wheel of the year where we kind of kind of come out of our caves and we start to thaw. You know, we start to thaw our stagnation with the heat of our candles, if you will. Um, like it's candle mass, it's in bulk, we're inviting in the element of fire, okay? So that might be the medicine of this week. Um, can you figure out uh, an aligned way that 
feels good to you to invite in the element of fire and how do you want to connect with the element of fire this week is it through doing some candle magic is it by having some sort of ceremonial bonfire um is it just like lighting uh, your favorite candle in your room and meditating and kind of rearranging your vision board um is it by sweating and creating that fire inside of your own body? Um, there's a lot of ways we can connect to the element of fire. If you have any ideas, please comment down below. Um, just your your witchy fire connective um, ideas. And I think I'm going to pull not going to pull anything, but I'm going to roll the planet dice here. And I'm going to see like, do the planet, does the planet dice have any kind of last words for wisdom of wisdom this week as we kind of balance, come into more balance with like the fear of the past and the fear of the future. And does the planet dice have anything to say about us arriving back to the present moment in like a healthy way that kind of feels right to me? <laughs> okay, that's funny. Um, so we got Uranus in Leo. Um, there's a little Leo sign. Yeah, Uranus in Leo astrological students i would be interested to know what your intuition is right off the bat when you see uranus and leo um and i think it's cool because leo is a fire sign um leo to me kind of represents our sacred individuality and our sacred uniqueness and although when we're kind of like a little bit depressed about the past, anxious about the future, doesn't seem very natural to like, you know, connect with our talents or what makes us special or what our passions really are. But honestly, like creating with our passions and connecting with something that we know has brought us joy in the past is is a pretty easy way to bring ourselves into the present moment. Granted, I will tell you, as a creative person myself, especially when we're creative people in kind of a funk, I mean, your mind will tell you anything to keep you from creating, right? <laughs> like, there's so many excuses why you shouldn't go write, or you shouldn't go paint, or you shouldn't, you know, study your passion or whatever. Um, but Leo, Leo, I think, helps us connect to... Um, Part, the part of us that knows like it, it is worthwhile to pursue our passions in some way and it kind of lights us up with that fire in the present moment now uranus is change right uranus is change um uranus is revolution um and maybe, too, there's something about acknowledging the revolution of our sacred self. Is there a way to actually honor how much you've changed, 
right? Every time we kind of sink into the despair of the past, how do we remind ourselves that we are completely different people now, right? With completely different skills to get our needs met, you know? Like, there's something about honoring. Yeah, like, maybe Imbolc could be a celebration for the present version of yourself. That kind of feels right to me. A celebration of exactly where you are in this moment. Yeah, a celebration of exactly what you have in this moment. Um, yeah, there's something there's something really magical about about inviting in that Leo energy. One more thing, ironically, Leo is the sign that is um, opposite of Aquarius, and in bulk always happens around the Aquarius new moon. So it's almost like we have so much Aquarius energy in the sky. The sun also gets a little crabby in Aquarius. The sun doesn't love to be in Aquarius. Where the sun really wants to be is Leo, right? So it's almost like we need to invite some Leo energy in our lives to balance um, to balance some of this uh, Aquarian future thinking. Um, so... Yeah, that's what I've got, my friends. Um, Ams, you said making candles today. Oh, that's such a... I wish I knew how to make candles. I wish I knew how to be that witchy. But um, that sounds so fun. That sounds like a beautiful way to put your in-bulk intentions into a literal source of fire. Okay. Um, so, my friends, uh, what do we got with our... Um, our questions, our prayers. Hey, Heather. Um, yeah, what do we what do we got here? Um, I can pull you a card. I can uh, send you some good energy. Uh, yeah, what do we need from the group? Um, and while you guys are commenting down below, I'll say that. Um, this upcoming weekend, the weekend of February 5th and 6th, me and Mandy Ray, um, a fellow astrologer, uh, we are leading a year ahead weekend astrology retreat. Uh, so I invite you all to participate in that. The sign up link is in my bio. It's going to be a really cool time to kind of connect a little bit more with the astrology of the year ahead, but also like have some group discussion and really take a moment to connect with your intentions. And there's also some workbooks. There's going to be like little workbooks for each rising sign. So you'll have a way to kind of integrate all of the information that we will be covering in the workshop. Um, so let me know if you have any questions about that. We would love for you to join. And you see below in my pinned comment, only a little bit longer to book a year ahead tarot or astrology session with me. So all of that good stuff is in the link in my bio. Okay, so, um, hey, Laura, you said, can I have guidance card for the week ahead? I've been feeling funky this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Laura, 10 of cups. Ooh, that's, that's interesting because like the 10 of cups is about like fulfill emotional fulfillment. Uh, the 10 of cups is about, um, feeling joy in the present moment. 
and also kind of feeling connecting to love. Um, and that's kind of what's coming through for me, Laura. Um, yeah. How do you connect with love? Like not only like a love, love for your partner, but also love for yourself and loving certain aspects of your life and the things that you do love to do. Like I I'm wondering like if this week could offer this like unexpected kind of falling in love um, with what is in front of you. Even if it's just like buying yourself flowers or uh, making yourself your favorite breakfast every morning. Uh, there's something that wants to shift this week when it comes to the story that you're writing. I also think too, Laura, this could also be about believing in the possibility of like excitement in the future. And if you've been feeling funky this week because maybe, maybe it's like work-life stress, you know, or maybe it's um, kind of like seasonal depression kind of stuff. I also want you to connect with like, just the idea of possibility. It's not the anxiety future story, but it's it's more like, oh, like the future for sure holds, you know, more fulfillment or the future holds an exciting trip or like the future holds something that kind of brings me joy and just kind of connecting to that feeling. Um, so that's what I got for you, Laura. Um, Alexandra, you said sending love and blessings to you. Oh, I'm sending those to you right back, Alexandra. And Jessica, you said, can I please have a card for the next week at work? Sure. Um, okay, so Jessica, you got the Seven of Cups. Very cupsy kind of day here. Um, and... Um, the Seven of Cups is kind of about the unknown. And the Seven of Cups is a little bit about maybe even being in a place where you wish things were a little bit more solidified or you wish things were a little bit more like certain, but they're not. And it's a little bit like, how do I emotionally cope with the uncertainty of this moment? This could even be, Jessica, like you with your very, you know, your very mercurial person, you know, with all the mercury in your chart. So it's like, you've got the vision, you know how you want it to get done, and you know what the best step is to take. But yet, like, maybe there's some aspect of the material world that feels like it won't let you kind of take the next step or it won't let you become certain. So I would say, like, instead of being hell-bent on rushing towards certainty and, you know, turning into that, like, oh, I'm going to control, 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 and thus cause myself suffering... I'm thinking like maybe it's a week to kind of go with the flow and almost accept that things might be a little bit more uncertain at this moment, but that does not mean things aren't going to solidify in maybe even just a few weeks, right? Remember, Mercury and Venus are stationing direct as we speak, so 
Um, Faye, you said with Venus going direct, I've noticed a subtle shift in communication with my boyfriend. Feels more practical, relating, and less departed and relaxing. How can I best support this slight anxiety feeling via a card? Yeah, yeah, let's see this, Faye. Some relationship clarity with Faye. Okay, cool, Faye. So you got the Son of Wands. And I believe this is the Knight of Wands in the Wild Unknown deck. Um, let me listen in for this for a second. Okay, so... I think there's something about the Knight of Wands. Part of their magic is knowing that there's like changeability, right? Like part of the Knight of Wands energy is knowing that like things are flexible and things are changeable and that um, we can almost like approach life with the Knight of Wands through this like spontaneous, adventurous kind of attitude um and i'm thinking to um Faye, this might be like an opportunity for you to not read too much into this um like slight shift you know because us as highly sensitive people like gosh like we're so good at like sensing like the slight shifts of everybody around us and you know that's a good thing but then sometimes like our trauma from the past can kind of be like oh gosh but what does that slight shift mean you know it can cause us a little bit of anxiety and i think there's something empowering maybe about seeing yourself as the knight of wands seeing yourself as spontaneous and adventurous and um changeable and almost going with the flow of maybe responding to this in a way that you typically wouldn't um maybe in the past you would have felt like the need to cling on more because this feeling is bringing up a little bit of relationship insecurity but now the present version of yourself maybe is trying to act with a more secure sense so maybe you use some direct communication and then connect with yourself in a new way this week. Like, you know, there's something here like about um, the new pattern or the new adventure, quote unquote, kind of coming and unfolding. Okay, so spark notes. There could be like, yeah, just like this new way of acting when it comes to this anxiety versus falling back into old relationship patterns. That's what I'm getting. Um, Alex, you said I would like a card for my move. My new house uh, would be lovely if possible. Ooh, Alex, I'm excited for you. Um, this is so interesting because I'm having a, a flashback to Alex, um, a witch church maybe like a couple months ago where like I think you, you were moving to that new city and like something fell through with like the apartment you were supposed to move into or maybe you moved into the apartment and then had to leave really unexpectedly and quickly so this is cool this is like growth we see how like the home situation has kind of solidified in a interesting way and 
what's really exciting is you got the sun and then you also got the six of wands. Um, so the six of wands is the card of victory and the sun is the card of illumination. So it feels to me like it's okay to be excited about this. It's okay to look at this new chapter with optimism and it's okay to almost like be happy about this. I think sometimes when we do have like a uh, kind of housing, um, uh, unexpected things happen with our housing, especially it really triggers like, um, like that feeling of ungroundedness and unrootedness. And I think this is permission to really like get excited and give yourself permission to be excited about this new chapter. And it also feels like it's going to be a big part of maybe your experience when it comes to your current life path too. Like maybe this house is also about inviting in like success when it comes to career stuff, but also maybe relationship stuff too. So this is definitely a reflection of how much you've changed as well. It's almost like the material world is showing you how much you've shifted. Um, Jen, you said, hey, Mal, can I get a card for the upcoming week? Yeah, let's see here. Okay, Jen, you got the Four of Wands. Um, so this is cool. I think this week with this new moon in Aquarius, it might be a good time to connect with the energy of your foundation. Um, the Four of Wands is kind of the card that has to do with like home life and sometimes like rooting into safety and groundedness. And I know home life and location of home has been kind of something you've been questioning for a while, Jen. So it might just be a good time to like celebrate the safety and the home that you have this week, making your home feel really good. But also um, knowing that we can create foundations outside of the home as well. It's like, let the safety of your environment kind of be the slingshot of you maybe trying something new this week or breaking out of a shell or some part of stagnation, some piece of stagnation you may have been feeling. Okay. And Honey Jelly, you said any specific messages uh, I have. Um, um, my name is Eileen, if that helps. Well, Thanks, Eileen, for um, letting us know your name. And uh, you got the Son of Cups. Um, I like the court cards in this deck. I just do. We see the Swan, the Son of Cups. Um, I think there's some inner child connection that could be happening for you, Eileen. Um, especially when it comes to maybe the part of your inner child who really needs love and connection and the space to connect with your creativity and your imagination. Um, so I feel like it could be a really good time to connect with those parts of yourself. Um, sometimes I even wake up, there have been times in my inner child healing journey um, where back when I was doing highly sensitive summer camp, which I'll do again this year, but um, sometimes we would wake up, me and the group would wake up and we would just literally try to connect to a part of our younger selves. 
and ask that part of our younger selves, like, what do you need today? Like, what do you want to do today? And it was so magical to see like the group kind of doing different things. Like I remember one time, um, a person in our group, like asked her inner child that, and they like, she like ended up going to the park and like playing at the park. (laughs) And I was like, that is, that's awesome. Like that is so beautiful. Um, so it could be a good opportunity to do that. Like every day when you wake up in the morning this week, is there a part of younger Eileen that wants to come through and wants to kind of talk to you in some way? Um, Ellie, you said guidance around accepting love and flowing through all the emotions. Ooh, I like that. That feels like it's gonna, this answer might apply to me as well. (laughs) Cause I have that same, uh, I have that same, uh, kind of concern. Um, so Ellie, you got the three of wands. Um, so I love this three of wands because it really is like showing us some kind of like possibility about the future. And I think there's something about, um, honoring your emotions, but not letting those emotions write the story about all of the great things that could be entering your life that are entering your life, right? Is there a balance between honoring the emotions, maybe feeling through the pieces of grief and almost letting possibility, adventure, excitement kind of come through those moments? That feels like something the Three of Wands wants to offer. Um, So I'm just getting like, yeah, I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world. I don't know if you have any water placements in your chart, Ellie, but I'm a, I'm a triple water sign. So for me, it's like the easiest thing in the world to almost let, um, let my emotions kind of write the story. Um, but it's almost better to like, let the emotions be there, but not let them take over. I think that's really what it is here. So, um, and Alexandra, you said, I need some guidance for this week on how to balance my work and home life. Yeah. Okay. Six of cups. Yeah. Um, Alexandra, I think there's something here. Maybe the six of cups is sometimes about the past and I love this because we have like the tree, which is like growing in the material world. And then we have the roots, which are like holding it down and like grounding it. So I, I think there's just something coming through about work life, home life is balance is possible, but it like requires letting go of some kind of fear Since you're a mom, Alexandra, like, maybe there's some kind of fear about, like, oh, if I focus too much on myself, then my kids are going to go down the wrong path. Or, like, if I focus too much on my path, then, um, yeah, my kids are going to lose focus or, like, whatever it is. Um, But I don't, I'm not exactly feeling that that is true anymore. And I'm actually feeling like, the work-life, home-life balance is possible. And there's some permission here in maybe prioritizing your needs and your goals somehow, some way. Um, 
I'm actually for some reason seeing you doing a lot in the car. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if this has to do with, like, um, I don't know if this has to do with, like, I don't know, like, dropping a kid off at school or, like, you know, all the time we kind of spend in the car just, like, hanging out, like, waiting, like, picking people up. And um, there's something, like, productive for some reason that's coming through that wants to be done in the car. Like, maybe you do some of your spiritual practice in the car. Who says you can't? Like, maybe it's, like, meditation in the car, listening to an uplifting audiobook or podcast in the car. Like, there's something there about using the time that you have in a motivational way. And that could also kind of help shift some of these um, fears this week, Alexandra. Um, Sav, you said my phone froze, so I missed some. But if you haven't, could you already, could you pull an animal card for medicine for the group? Yeah, absolutely. Let's Let's do that. We'll do a little intermission here um pola animal card for the group okay oh okay that that flew out real fast here um so i think interestingly we got the moth and the ants the moth and the fire ant Okay, um, you know, the ants sometimes represent, like, us being fixated or circling around a certain problem or a certain challenge, and the moth can at times represent, like, um, like, non-committal energy or, like, the energy of being, like, wishy-washy or like fleeting energy so it is interesting that these two animals are like oh like i'm flying around not committing to anything and then the fire ant is like oh like i'm focusing on this one thing that is <laughs> and it's causing me anxiety or it's making me angry or it's making me sad right so there's like hyper focusing and then there's almost like no focus at all um, again, it feels like there's a lot of balancing. There's like a balancing act going on this week. Maybe we want to avoid extremism. Maybe we want to avoid extreme decisions in this moment and kind of just let things play out. Like, is there a way we can commit to moving forward in a softer way? Um, can we be softer with ourselves as we walk away from this hyperfixation, but also walk towards maybe committing to this next chapter that feels like what these animals might be offering us. Okay. Um, and okay, cool. Um, Faye, I'm glad that that was spot on. And Lexi, you said, I've been dating someone for about six months now. Any advice in knowing if this relationship is aligned? I'm unsure if I'm letting fear cause doubts. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's see. Lexi. Relationship advice. Okay. Daughter of Pentacles. 
Um, so what's automatically coming through, Lexi, is, um, you know, the Daughter of Pentacles is a slow mover and also is focused a lot on, like, time. Um, like, the Daughter of Pentacles is like, ooh, like, I've got a project and I'm gonna complete it in six months. Like, they're kind of, like, rational like that. But the thing is, like, sometimes with the way relationships evolve, we can't necessarily put them on a timeline. Sometimes we only know like what is right for the relationship like within our hearts. And when you said six months, for some reason, that timeline kind of feels like socially charged or like charged with conditioning. <laughs> in in just some way like when I think oh you've been dating for six months like are you guys official like blah 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 blah, blah. like what's happening you know like all of that stuff like you know I think we can put like a lot of like societal expectations on these like timelines but I think it's an opportunity to connect like what is your timeline like if it feels good to continue just getting to know this person and maybe testing the waters to see if both of you can overcome like minor inconveniences that might be a good place to be in like you know like can I voice a need to this person and do they respond in a good way um you know that might be what we're testing the waters with at like the six months mark whereas society is like telling us something different right so i think it's permission to take things slow and um not put too much pressure on like the timing of it all and letting your intuition kind of guide you with like what you actually need during this time period okay Allison, you like, I like a card for the week as well. Um, yes, Al. Okay, Al, so you got the nine of wands. Okay, Whew. all right. I feel like the nine of wands in a lot of the times, um, you know, comes through differently. But in this moment, the nine of wands makes me feel like like, I need to give you some kind of, like, motivational energy, Al. Like, I'm, like, keep pushing, like, keep trying to, like, get through the obstacle or keep looking the obstacle in the eye and continue to move through it. Because it's almost like this, like, you're almost there kind of energy. Like, you're almost at a point where things are going to turn or there's kind of a point of, like yeah, just things kind of shifting, Al, and I think, too, you're kind of finishing up the exact past your Saturn return and all of that kind of stuff, so maybe this has to do with the trials and tribulations of the Saturn return period, and um, it's also almost your birthday, and I tend to think that, like, 
just astrologically things kind of shift around our birthday as well so i don't think it's a time for giving up i think it's a time for continuing to see how you can move forward even if it's just in really small ways um and don't give up on the project or the vision quite yet because something is feeling like it's going to shift with your aligned actions okay and Laura, you said it's so helpful and immediately relieving. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, and Alex, I think, let me see. Um, Alex, you're going to be my last card pull for the day. Um, so Alex, you said if there's any time, I'd love a card for my week ahead. Yeah. Okay, Alex, don't get scared. <laughs> Dunk is good. Three of swords. I'm going to pull an animal card here to, to kind of help along. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. Okay. So three of swords and the hawk. Um, I think there's something here, Alex, and I would be interested that you probably see a lot of hawks in Alaska. Um, but I would be interested in like bird messengers this week and also um you know it's been a tough mercury and venus retrograde and i think this new moon um especially for cancer risings this new moon takes place in our eighth house and the eighth house can be about like emotional transmutation so whatever has been feeling like a source of pain or a source of wounding or a source of disappointment, um, you know, it, it's a good time to zoom out on that. And something that's coming through, Alex, is that sometimes, and I've been here too, like sometimes our perception sometimes the negative perceptions that we have about ourselves that aren't very true or aren't, aren't true at all um sometimes we it's like sometimes we confirm those things through the dis disappointments does that make sense like sometimes um like here's a random example let's say someone is um has this story this negative narrative about themselves and they say okay i'm unlovable and um i'm never gonna find someone right so then every time they go on a date and let's say like the date fails they almost say oh yeah that that confirmed what i know about myself which is that I have no one for me and I'm lonely and la di da di da. And it's like, wait a second. Er, no, er, no, no. Like that, the disappointments in the material world, sometimes we can use those to confirm untrue things about ourselves, right? So don't let that happen this week, I think. And if that has kind of started to happen for you, Alex, I think it's a good time to kind of like snap out of that or reach a new perspective um you know something too that i feel called to offer you is like um you know at senior year of college i was like 
I applied for my teaching program in Malaysia, and then I applied to six grad schools, and I was rejected from all six of them. And it did, like, temporarily, like, confirm for me that, like, negative view of my own self, which was, like, uh, I, I wasn't smart enough anyways, or, like, whatever it is, and I'm not trying to project myself onto you, but you know, there's something there about the way disappointment can sometimes mess with us. And now looking back on that moment, I have a different perspective on it. Okay. So be, again, spark notes, be careful about what disappointments are telling you about yourself. Be wary. Sometimes we are our own worst narrators about who we actually are. And let the universe really give you hope this week when it comes to transmuting some of those eighth house things, okay? Um, so that's what I'm getting for you, Alex. Um, so um, my friends, I see that... Um, Oh, wait, hang on. Annalise, I'm going to finish up with you, but Annalise will be the absolute last one here. So Annalise, you said an unexpected opportunity has come up and now I may be moving to a location I had initially written off. Any advice on whether or not this opportunity is right? Is it Greencastle, Indiana? Because I'll move. <laughs> I'll move there with you. <laughs> um I'll be your roommate. Um, okay, so let's see here. Advice for Annalise in this moment. Oh, okay. Um, Annalise, okay, so Nine of Pentacles in reverse. So this is for me, uh, Nine of Pentacles is typically like a really like abundant harvest. Um, one thing that's kind of... Um, one thing that's coming through is kind of about the art of manifestation and how sometimes manifestations will come through um, in different ways that we didn't expect. So sometimes our manifestations come through in different forms. And so that can kind of causes a disappointment because if I'm manifesting... Uh, white BMW as my car and it comes through as like a red Honda Civic like I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed but the root of my manifestation was I want a safe vehicle that can get me to point A and to, to point B right um, and I feel called to just read something really quick um, to you because it's um, it's feels relevant and maybe it'll um it'll uh resonate with um some of the people who are still here um so um this is from miracle habits by mitch horowitz so he's talking about manifestation and he says what we expect can easily blind us to what can actually drive us towards success. The arrival may not come as the thing we wanted, but the condition we need. And um, la-di-da-di-da, -di -da, um, 
Remain open. Take the road when it appears. Reject nothing out of hand. And never neglect established means. What you need, whether a condition or a thing, may arrive in ways that you've dismissed, sworn off, or overlooked. I believe this is one of the many meanings found in ancient parables of traveling strangers who, who turn out to be deities, kings, or supernatural messengers in disguise. They shower gifts upon those who invite them in. Okay, so what I'm getting here is, you know, I'm not telling you to think yes or no about this situation, but I'm just getting don't discount what has come to you. That's what I'm getting, okay? Um, so my friends, big love to you. Um, oh, so disappointing. It's not Greencastle, Annalise. I would have, <laughs> I would have been your roommate. I would, I would move back there for sure. Um, but let me know, uh, where it actually is over DM. Um, but you guys are awesome. Lots of love to you. And I will see you next week. I appreciate you all so much.